You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. It is uh, possible for you, if you can, let's go down on our knees, if it's possible for you. If there's a health challenge or you can't, you can stay where you are, but let's go down on our knees, have a prayer before we begin our lesson. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being an incredible God. Thank you for loving us even when we were sinners, Father. When we were your enemies. Thank you, Father, for being an incredible visionary. Having vision, Father. Being willing to turn, dare we say, the lives that are a mess into a message. Thank you, Father, for being an incredible comforter. An incredible inspiration, Father. Just to highlight how you, Father, were were, were beaten and no one believed in you, Father. But yet, 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 yet you still stood strong, Father. Uh, because you were standing strong in the Spirit. Father, thank you so much for being an incredible, incredible God that loves all nations, all races, all all people, young, old, rich, or poor. Thank you for being just this incredible God, Father, that reaches deep down deep to get us. Thank you, Father, for having a love that supersedes socioeconomic background, that supersedes bitterness and anger and rage and war, a love that supersedes every, every, every force that can come against it. Thank you for being almighty. We understand that you reign, Father, right now, and we give you honor. We give you glory. We give you our very lives, Father. We love you more than life itself. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, and many times in various ways. He says, In the Old Testament, God would speak in all kinds of ways. But in these last days, and of course the last days do not refer to the last days of mankind. It refers to the last days of the Jewish temple. Dare we say, the last days started at the, at the beginning of Christianity. We are living in the last days. He says, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Whom he appointed heir of all things. He says, the son gets everything. And through whom he made the universe. The sun is kind of like God's glory. No, 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 it doesn't say that. It says the sun is the radiance of the glory of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became much superior to the angels. As the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. The Hebrew writer just says, Jesus is just like his father. He's the exact representation of his being. The Hebrew writer says, like father, like son. And if we are to become individuals that can call ourselves followers of Jesus, we got to be just like Jesus. Like father, like son. And so Jesus wants to radiate through you. He wants to show the world himself through you. You are the individual that shows God to to, to, to this world. Dare we say, you're the only Bible some people are reading. Your life. So I've entitled the lesson very simply, Like Father, Like Son. Like Father, Like Son. Yeah, I thought about it and I thought, you know, it is impossible for a lion to act like a lamb. That's just impossible. It's impossible for a bear to act like a bunny. Can you imagine bears hopping around and everything like that? It'd be pretty weird. 
But it's possible for a disciple to act like his father God. It's, it's possible for Jesus to act like his father. It's possible for you to be saved. It's possible for you to be like your father. It is possible. Are you with me here? You know, the Jews had dozens of names for God. I mean, they had so many, I mean, tons and tons of different names for God. And oftentimes they would call out to God based on where they were at. I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. Of course, this is where Abraham is, 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 is struggling. He's, he's got to sacrifice his one and only son. A foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. And if you were Jewish and you had a need in your life, you were struggling, you had a need, you would call your God Jehovah Jireh. Which means the Lord will provide. And we still believe the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide the evangelists to evangelize all of Europe. The Lord will provide the women who will have the faith to marry a man of God like that. The Lord will, even those of you that are struggling with dating, the Lord will provide. Don't don't worry. Jehovah Jireh. You know, if they were anxious... Something that never happens to any of us. They would call their father God, Jehovah Shalom. Judges chapter 6 verse 24. Gideon is in a battle and he's seeing God's people come smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And God whittled down, dare we say, his resources and then call him into battle. And that's how God does it. He makes you totally dependent on him. So that the victory can be said, it came through God, not through you. They were anxious. They would say, Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord of peace. The Lord of peace. If they were lonely, if they were afraid, they may call God Jehovah Shammah. Ezekiel 48, verse 35, which means the Lord is there. And that's something that we, we want to make sure all of our homes have. God's there. We want to make sure the church manifests that God is there. God's there. They needed leadership. They needed guidance. They needed strong leadership. They would call God Jehovah Ra. Psalms 23. The Lord is our shepherd. I need a leader. I need a shepherd. You know, we live in a confused world. People need a shepherd. They were sick. They would call God Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 15 verse 26. Which means the Lord is our healer. I I really believe God is the only one who can really heal you. God can heal you. And I look at my life and I look at all the issues I've gone through in life and God has been all of these names and much more. And I want to be like my father. I want God to be able to look at me at the end of my life and say, like father, like son. Like father, like son. Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. This is a great passage. Of course, the book of Ezekiel is so powerful. It's about 20 years of preaching squeezed into one book. We won't go through it all, all the background, but it's quite an incredible book. He's calling out the sins of the land. And in verse 20, in verse 30, Ezekiel says this. I look for a man among them who would build up the wall stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so it would not so I would not have to destroy it but I found none right here Ezekiel saying hey I'm looking for quote unquote a few good men I'm looking for some good men but I found no good men who are willing to stand in the gap and build the wall And of course, we understand the wall we're building here in the the church is a wall of protection against the world. 
The wall of discipleship. One disciple discipling another. The wall of leadership. The wall of faith. The wall of vision that calls us to go to every single nation in this generation. These are the walls we're building to protect God's people. Ezekiel couldn't find anyone who who was willing to stand in a gap. He couldn't find anyone. And I thought about that. I I thought before before you can be a good man... Or before you can be a good father, you got to be a good man. <laughs> and you can't be a good man unless you follow Jesus Christ. Because your good moral deeds will not save you. The only thing good in me is the fact that I am following Jesus Christ. And his Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Me as an individual, I am sinful, I, I am deceitful, I lie. I, I struggle with lust to this very day. I have to turn my eyes away. I have to pray so I don't want to get my needs met from the world. I can get angry. I, I'm a sinner. I, I, I'm messed up. I've got issues. i got things I still haven't dealt with on a deep level. But when I think about Jesus being inside of me, that's good. That's awesome. You can't take God away from me. You know, and when it comes to Mother's Day, you hear all the incredible speeches about mothers. Do you not? And mothers are awesome, aren't they? You hear how mothers are strong. Mothers are powerful. Mothers can do it all. Mothers are, I mean, they got the mothers. If you don't have your mother, mothers, the mother, mother, mothers, they, mothers, they, mother, we will kill ourselves for Mother's Day. The, the world loves Mother's Day. Satan's clever. Satan's clever. The religious, you know, Father's Day, I guarantee some of the fathers said, uh oh, I'm going to get it today. I'm going to get it today. Because Satan is so clever. He wants to persuade you that there are no good men out there. He wants you as a father to walk out of here feeling like a failure. He wants you to feel discouraged. He wants you to feel down. He wants to feel like you, you, you are just a... You, 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 okay, maybe we'll throw your bone. I even heard earlier, some say, I'm going to hear everything I'm doing wrong. I think there are a lot of good men. I think there. I think we got. I think you find good men in the kingdom of God. You know, God has been looking for men who are standing. And, and guess what? They are here. They are right here today. When I think about good men, when I think about incredible fathers, I think about Menno Zaltendijk. When everybody in Amsterdam was, they were being cowards. They were confused. Middle Zoutendijk said, I'm going to stand in the gap for my God. I'm going to stand in the gap for my God. He stood in the gap and he started the Amsterdam remnant group. He and his lovely wife. That's the kind of father you need to imitate. When I think about incredible fathers, I think about my friend, sold out disciple, radical for years, Ollie the fight dog right there, Greenwood. We wouldn't have this church if it wasn't for his faith. He said, we're going to start a remnant group. Ollie said, I got this inspirational place to start it. We're going to start a church that's going to evangelize all the 14 million. We're going to start it in East London on my couch. East London. Yeah, Lord. When I think about good men who are good fathers, I think about Rene Vermont. I mean, Renee is in better shape than some of the campus students. 
forget last year going on our run all the way up through Hampstead Heath right there. Yami fell away. Spraying his hammy. Frank was huffing and puffing right there. And Renee Vermont, spiritually, I'm in the race, baby. Not only in it, but I'm winning it. That's the kind of father you need to imitate. He's got a heart for the kingdom. He's got conviction. He loves the kids. He's an incredible father. I think about Ola Kukoyi. It took a radical guy to wrestle Denise Kukoyi. Denise Kuliyana. When she was a fancy intern back in those days. Let me tell you something. Ola Kukoyi is as is, is loyal as they come. And he embraced every single challenge in building this church right here. He has been a support. He literally has been behind me the entire time. And we've had tough decisions to make. You know, you know what kind of people you have when you make a tough decision and then all of a sudden it doesn't go with them and then all of a sudden they don't, they don't like you anymore. But Ola sees God. He's seen God through our former fellowship. He's seen God in our new fellowship. He's been one of the most incredibly loyal fathers in the church. That's a guy you got to imitate. I think about Arnie Sakam. I think about Brandon Davis. See, we got single fathers in the house as well. You know, I love Arnie and Brandon. You want me to tell you why I love these fathers? They've taken Satan's greatest blow in many ways. The loss of a wife. Challenges being leveled at their children. And they both say, I want to stand in the gap with Jesus Christ. My God is still good. They've not charged God with wrongdoing. They've said, I am going to stand with my... This, 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 this is not my father messing my life up. This is my father making me complete. I want to stand in the gap for Jesus Christ right here. And I want to lift up Brandon and Arnie Sakam for doing an incredible job standing in the gap. Being incredible fathers. And then I love Carlos Vargas, Mi Amada. Carlos won his daughter to Christ. He won his daughter to Christ. I mean, after all, that's what we want to do. We want to win our family. And Carlos was so fired up. I thought she was going back to Mexico, but I guess not. She's here. <laughs> like, amen. Amen. She says, I want to be with my father. You know, I'm so encouraged to be a father. I've got incredible children. It's been the kingdom of God discipling me, discipling my wife. It's been you guys loving our children, providing them with encouragement, being in there with them. That's helped our children be who they are. We take no credit. It's all glory to God. It's all glory to God. Yeah, I was having a talk with my wife, Michelle. And, you know, we've got this little language. I've kind of figured out my wife's language. See, if you're, if you're a father, you need to figure out your wife's language. Okay? She, she, it's not like a friend or No, no. She's got her own language. You need to figure out what she's really saying. Okay? It's her language. It's just her. I mean, it's kind of you. Some, they kind of talk amongst themselves sometimes. But they got this little woman language. It's, it's totally, you know, and every time Michelle asked me a question, I, I used to get an attitude. But now I know she's trying to communicate with me. And you know, I, I may, if, if you know anything about me, you know I'm, I'm a smoothie addict right there. I, I love making my smoothies. And you know, my, my wife kind of likes my smoothies. And you know, when, when she sees a smoothie that she thinks she, she likes, she'll say, she'll ask a question like, Hmm, honey, what did you put in that? What she really means is, can I have a taste? It looks really nice. After four or five tastes, I make her a smoothie. 
so I thought for the women today, I could translate some of the language that men really mean when we are speaking, because we got our language as well. something like this. When a father says, hey, it would take too long to explain it to you. What he really means is, I have no idea. (laughs) Number two. When a father says, honey, just, just take a break from the vacuum. Just take a break. You're working too hard. What he really means is, honey, I can't hear the match over your vacuum. <laughs> Trying to see if the U.S. is going to beat Argentina. <laughs> when a father says this, oh, don't worry about it, love. It's only a small cut. What he really means is, I probably severed a limb and I'll bleed to death before I actually ask for help or admit that it really hurts. When a father says, honey, you look great in that dress. He could be saying, can we please leave the mall? I'm starving right now. Quit trying on clothes. list of other things us fathers say, but we got to get into the Bible. John chapter 5. <laughs> John chapter 5. You know, our God is always working. Be a good father. You got to work. Verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. You always go up to Jerusalem. I love that. For a feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate Pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which surrounded by five covered colonnades, here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there, who had been an invalid for 38 years, when he saw Jesus lying there, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in that condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? I am the father who heals. I'm sure they all knew about this Old Testament father who heals. I'm sure they all knew that God could heal. I'm sure he knew God could heal. Sir, the invert replied. Religious response, always, sir. I have no one to help me into the pool. There we go, making excuses. When the water stirred, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was Sabbath. Of course, you know, you're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. You're not not supposed to be doing the work on the Sabbath right there. We got technicality. You know, we did the video yesterday for the Global Leadership Conference. And that was incredible. I got to lift up another father right there, Bradley Panda, wherever he is today. He did an incredible job. I saw the preview. It was really cool. You got street performers out there. You got people, all kinds of stuff. And everybody was just so focused on our little video production right there. You can't do that right there. You can't do that right there. You can't, you can't, you can't. So we got it done anyway. We did the Lord's work. Verse 10. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it's a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your, your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who's the fellow? Who told you to pick up the mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea it was. For Jesus slipped away into the crowd. That was there. Later Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you're well. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. (laughs) The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. (laughs) Right there we see sin can cause sickness. (laughs) In this case, that was the case. He says, Stop sinning or something worse could happen. But what's powerful is it says in verse 16, so the Jews, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. You know, if you want to be like Jesus, 
you will be persecuted. Now, if you don't want to be persecuted, you will, you, you don't want to be like Christ. We know we have deep convictions on that. Verse 17, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. Jesus is working. God is always working. To be a good father, you got to work. You got to work. This is what Jesus says right here. He says, God is always working. Even today, God is working. Of course, you're not saved by work. You're not saved by working. But working shows you appreciate being saved. So a lack of working shows you don't really appreciate being saved. You don't want to be like father, like son. You know, I, I got to lift up Victor Como, another incredible father. You don't see the child, but the child is coming. Don't worry. And Krista, she's my daughter in the faith right there. It wasn't the Holy Spirit that, that, that got things going. They're, they're having a happy marriage. They got a little baby coming. They got a little baby coming. And let, let me tell you something. Victor Como has had the hand of God on him all over the place. <laughs> he, he manages the church finances. He's managing his job. He's trying to figure out how to be an awesome father, an awesome husband. He, he has been, dare we say, just this incredible fountain of faith just in his growth. Uh, I appreciate his hard work. I appreciate his humility. I appreciate him not calling me when I, when I, when I, I either, I, I'm inconsistent or this or that. And he goes, well, bro, you kind of didn't give me input there and I'm getting discipled on it. So, amen. I'll get discipled and be, I mean, he's just, he's just an incredible, incredible servant. I, I don't know if I could do it without somebody like Victor. Putting up with all my flaws, putting up with all the ways I mess up. He's an incredible father and he works very, very, very hard in the church. He is to be commended. And you know, yesterday I think it shocked him. I think it shocked him. Last night he goes, bro, my old boss, they sent me an email. They want me to they kind of want me back and, 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 and they want me to have this bigger finance role. They want me to make even more money. What, what, what do I do? I mean, he's just going, no way. God is just lifting me up. He's just lifting him up. Why? Because Victor is at work. He's a hard worker. When you work hard, God blesses that. God blesses it. And he's praying right now about this position. I mean, it, it could be a pretty pretty nice little situation right there. We may go out to lunch maybe maybe a little bit more often if he gets that job right there. But I so appreciate the hardworking fathers. And yet if we want to be like Christ, we got to be hard workers. He says, my father is always at work. Of course, in John chapter 6 and verse 29, it's great because it says, Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And that's of course Jesus Christ. For those of you visiting, I want to ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the perfect father. He's an incredible... Now, you may be like myself and never knew your real father. But you can know your spiritual father. You can know God. Jesus is awesome. He's incredible. He's always been incredible. He's never he's never abused anyone. He's never not said encouraging words at the appropriate time. He's never not lifted you up. He's never not believed in you. He's never not come alongside when you were struggling. He's never not been by your side. He's never not been there. He's always been there. God is awesome. God was there in the Holocaust. He was awesome. Even in the Holocaust, God was there. So was Satan. God was there during slavery. God was there. He was awesome. He was an awesome God. So was Satan. God is an amazing father. Satan wants you not to believe that God the Father is awesome. He wants you to look at history. He wants you to look at mankind. He wants you to look at all the bad and blame God. So you don't become like father, like son. God loves all people. God believes in you. God is encouraging. God is inspirational. God is funny. God's awesome. God is your father. 
God is calling you to come be with him, to believe in him, to believe in him today. Put your faith in action and believe Jesus Christ today. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. You know, of course, Matthew says, as it relates to God working here, he says in verse 37. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. You know, God says, hey, you want to be like me? You got to be a worker. (laughs) You got to go out into the harvest field. Let me tell you something. The world is lost, guys. The world is so lost. People are numb to their need for God. They're just numb. They don't even feel their need for God. Especially living here in London. You know, today I, I, I just looked around and just saw people just so numb to God. People just so numb. Not, not, not even feeling their need for the scriptures. Needing, feeling their need for salvation. And yet this means we got more work to do. And I'm so fired up. You know, I, and, and it's funny because as I was, I was sitting there thinking about my lesson, I was, I was looking at, and I looked out and I saw our brother Merton who got baptized just last week. <laughs> never seen Merton skip, but he was skipping to church. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, he's a changed man. I mean, they were just trying to get him to smile. Now he's smiling and skipping. I mean, that's what happens when you get a changed life right there. That's what happens. Of course, the Fit Space uh, Bible Talk had our sister Nicola baptized last week. You know, she just came up out of that water. She, I mean, she was a new creation, dare we say. <laughs> it's awesome to do the work. And we've got so much more work to do. So many more. I mean, this, this room should be filled with people. Wanting to come be with their spiritual father. Our father is at work, even in this moment. Trying to heal. Like he did the man at the pool. Trying to heal. Trying to get people to stop making excuses and get the healing they so need. He's at work. Absolutely he was at work in Orlando. He wants people to get the healing they need. He wants people to turn to him. Sadly, God has to allow suffering to get you to turn to him. It's all in the Bible. It's there. Don't don't, don't worry about it. I'm not making this up. You look at the book of Judges. You go through the book of Judges. It got, God was so desperate. He wanted to be with his people, his kids so much. He would allow challenges to come on, 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 on the people so that they would cry out to God and beg God. Why have you allowed? What, what's going on? And they turn their hearts over to God, worship him for a while, and then they'd forget he was their father. And he'd allow it again. And there was a cycle. Faithful, unfaithful, faithful, unfaithful. And I reference that because my son shared his quiet time with me this week. My son said, Dad, in the book of Judges, it said that everyone did as they saw fit. I go, that's right, son. He goes, that's not good. I go, then yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Dad's a church and you coming with me. Go, okay, amen. I'm going, to, I'm going to school. Bye. And I said, wow, that's the world we live in. Everyone does as they see fit. They don't want to be like father, like son. And this cannot be us as disciples. We can't do as we see fit. We got to want to be like our dad. We got to want to be like our dad. You know, I gave you all those Old Testament references. When Jesus cried, Abba, Father, you know what Abba means? Daddy. Our father is awesome. And we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. John chapter 14. Our father is our advocate. He is our advocate. He is, he is for us. He says this in John chapter 14. Verse 15. He says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. 
because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Isn't that awesome? This is powerful. It says, if you love me, you obey what I command. It says, I will ask the Father. He'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. Other readings say he will give you an advocate. In 1 John it says God is your advocate. So uh, this is convicting, studying it out. Advocate means, well the Greek for advocate is parakletos. Parakletos. It means that God is your comforter. When he says I'll give you a counselor, I'll give you a comforter. God is your comforter. God, it means uplifter. Means God is your uplifter, that He lifts you up. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That God, God your Father lifts you up. He doesn't bring you down. <laughs> it means one who refreshes. That God refreshes. He doesn't make you feel like, oh, like, like this. No, that's not God. You don't feel refreshed. That's not Father God. He said, God refreshes. He's your advocate. Advocate means one who intercedes. That means he intercedes for you. He's in there with you. He, he's for you. I, I, I just want, this is, this is, we got an awesome father. He's not against you. He's for you. God being our advocate literally means that he comes alongside you. One who comes alongside. That's Father God. He sees you struggling and he comes alongside. He sees you worried and he comes alongside. He sees you depressed and God the Father comes alongside. He's that counselor. He comes alongside you. He sees you afraid and he comes along. Side you. He comes alongside. He is your advocate. That means he takes your side. He's on your side. Isn't that so different in the world? So many people don't take God's side. They go, you're against me. It's your fault. But God the Father goes, no, no, I'm your advocate. I'm, I'm on your side. You ever been in a conflict and you don't know who's right? And are you on my side? You know, God is always on your side. He's always on your side. He encourages us. He doesn't condemn you when you fall. He's your advocate. He's on your side. Even when you fall, he comes alongside to lift you up. And if we are to be like God, that's a, we, even to the, you know, sometimes even when people are sinful or worldly, we can put them down. I, I, so I go, I can do that. I'm so spiritual, look how sinful they are. That's not being like God. God comes alongside. He says, hey, I want to help you. I want to help you. You you got to see God. You got to see God. That that, that alternative lifestyle, that's a lie from Satan. That's a lie. God created you to be a woman. You're, You're a woman. God created you to be a man. You're a man. It's unnatural, that relationship you're in. You you can change. You can change. Anyone can change. This is how we got to be, even to this dark world. we got to come alongside people. I I went, wow. I'm so far from being like my father. i got to be the advocate for the lost. I can't come to depress. i got to refresh and lift them up and go, you're struggling in your marriage? God can heal your marriage. He's the God who heals. He can heal you. He doesn't condemn. He could have done that in heaven. He didn't need to come all the way down just to condemn. 
He could have condemned us from heaven. He didn't come into the world to condemn it. He came into the world for what? Save it. We can't condemn. We got to come alongside in our discipling. And go, it doesn't matter how proud you are, bro. I'm going to get in your face and love you even if you're mad at me. Doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how angry you get, and you can give me all those looks. I'm going to get in your. I'm, I love you. I'm coming alongside. I'm here. I'm not going away. We are family till the end. Till the end. Yeah, I had a great, great, encouraging talk with with my spiritual daughter, Eleanor Tanner. She's sitting in the back over there. You know, she was so afraid. She, she says, well, I feel this, I feel this. I don't, I don't want to say it. I go, just, just, you're in the kingdom of God. Just, just get open. She goes, I don't, I don't, don't, I get so embarrassed. Just, just tell me. She goes, well, I feel this, I feel that, I feel that. I go, hey man, I've made all those mistakes as well. That's why me and Jonathan are friends. She goes, okay. I said, Jonathan, you can't do that. He goes, Hey, man, bro, you know how Jonathan is. <laughs> Jonathan, cut off your leg for Jesus. Got two. Oh, hey, man, bro. <laughs> Jonathan, cut your hair. Go ball. Okay. I mean, he just he just sold completely out. Now, he's got to be considered as he lives with his wife. He knows that. And all of us fathers know that, right? But afterwards, he just went away so refreshed. And that's all I wanted. I, I didn't even really want to be right. I just wanted her to be. I just, that's my dog. Got to get in there. Got to take care of her. Got to take care of her. This has got to be our heart when it comes to disciple. That's my son. That's my sister. That's my brother. I want them to be refreshed. I want to lift them up. I don't want to give up. I want to lift them up. We, we are to be like father, like son, who comes alongside. I see the lost, I come alongside and lift them up. That's like Father God. Revelation chapter 1, we bring it in for a close. You guys stay with me here? God, our Father, is faithful. He is flat out faithful. Look at this one here. I love looking at some of the attributes of God. I mean, there's so many, but he says this here in verse 4 of Revelation. It says, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you. From him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is faithful. Witness. Firstborn from the dead. And the ruler of the kings of the earth. Jesus Christ is faithful. Your God is faithful. Anybody seen that movie called How to Be Single? Thank God, I would have been disappointed you as a Christian if you would have seen that movie. I would have said, if you seen that movie, I'm disappointed you. The shame, shame on you. I'm trying to lift you up, but I'm shame on you for seeing that movie. It was a little trick. Thank you. I'm glad you passed it. Okay, good. I just see. I just seen the, the title of it. It was playing on the airplane when we came back from Sydney. And what a terrible movie. How to be single. I mean, it just shows the girl from the street. She's dancing and doing all this very worldly stuff. And I said, like, well, that's not how to be saying That's how to end up a terrible mother, really. That's it's, it's what, what you're doing. They're just promoting impurity, promoting promiscuity, just promoting it. Hollywood is at war with faithfulness. That's why I said, I don't care how many movies you put me in, I'm out. I'm in the kingdom. I'm out. I don't care. I, I'm in the kingdom. Jesus is faithful. He's faithful. Faithfulness is not something preached out. How many, how many movies do you see with faithful fathers? How many movies are made with fathers who lead? Fathers who stand strong. You know what they make? They make, they make the father on the couch eating potato chips, overweight, complete derelict. I don't know, that's my wife. And the wife is strong. She's courageous. She's bold. And Satan is selling you that garbage. Because he doesn't want the fathers to be fathers. And he doesn't want mothers 
to be mothers. And it's cool looking. Ooh, it's funny. Ha, 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 ha. It's not funny. You know, there are no... What, what sitcoms are out there that preach, that show powerful, faithful, loving, uplifting, advocating fathers? Exactly. We hear the mice running around in here. They're not out there. There's an attack on faithfulness. There's an attack on faithfulness. Revelation says Jesus is the faithful witness. The Greek for that is immuna. E-M-E-M-U-N-A-H. The Hebrew word for immuna is the same word faithful for faithful. It's not a Greek word, it's Hebrew, I'm sorry. So when it says Jesus is faithful, Jesus is immuna. Jesus is faithful. But the same word for faithful is the same word for faith. So you can't be faithful if you don't have faith. To have faith is to be faithful. To be unfaithful is to have no faith. Isn't that isn't that Our Father is faithful. <laughs> he's faithful. If we love Him, he, He's faithful. We go to heaven. He's faithful. If we don't love Him, we go to hell. Because He cannot be unfaithful to His word. He didn't, it didn't mean because it's about you. It's just he can't be unfaithful. Our God is faithful. We got to be a faithful people. I want to challenge you to be faithful to God. Not, not just faithful to the movement. Not faithful to your Bible talk. Not faithful to the church. But to be faithful to God. Be faithful. Be a faithful Christian. Don't give up. Romans chapter 15. We have leaders meeting today, so I gotta preach as your father in faith here. Romans chapter 15. What do you say to the, to, the, to those in Rome? Verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that refreshing? Isn't that uplifting? Isn't that encouraging? Wouldn't you like that one to come alongside you right there? That, that, I mean, that, he says, our God is a God of hope. Our Father fills you with hope. You only can get hope by being filled with it by God. So it doesn't matter if you're going on vacation. You're not really filled with hope. You're filled with uh, escapism. So it doesn't matter if you've got money. You're not filled with hope. You're filled with greed. So you want to be filled with hope. You need God. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. We had a Bible talk this week. We talk about words of hope. We talk about what are are some great words of hope. I gave a few things that may encourage you. Life is good. Eternal life is better. Heaven. Don't miss it for the world. Hardship prepares ordinary people for extraordinary tasks. Pray the hardest when it's hardest to pray. Isn't that a word of hope? Everyone comes with baggage. Find someone who loves you enough to help you unpack. <laughs> Michelle and I have both been unpacking for about how many? 14, 15 years. Sometimes when things are falling apart, they're actually falling in place. It's easier to build up a child than to try and repair an adult. Choose your words wisely. Last one. Dear God, today I woke up. I'm healthy. I'm alive. Thank you. Words of hope. Our God is hopeful. 
And I think about this, I go, wow, I can't wait for the day I look out and I see 10,000 sold out disciples in Europe, in Wembley Stadium, bag the Arsenal with the Chelsea and all these games, but we see disciples in those stadiums. It's going to be amazing. I'm just, I'm just hoping for it. What an amazing day it will be. They put the persecution against us. The BBC has an article against us. Everyone's mad at us. This weird cult. They, they love, they're loving too much. They're calling it, they, they got all nations in there. They're in Wembley Stadium. They're up there. And people go, really? They were, what are they doing up there? And they kind of come trickling on in. Do you have hope? Are you a hopeful Christian? We have to be like our father. We have to continue to remain hopeful. To be hopeful. To be filled with joy. To let God fill you with hope. With hope the God of hope. Let him fill you with joy. And peace. And lastly, God our Father loves his family. God, God our Father loves his family. Ephesians chapter 5 says this here. Scripture, none of us remember. Verse 22. It says, wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Could use an amen on that one from the wives. Thank you, thank you, thank you mothers and wives. I'm coming. Just hope you're coming with me. Is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. Go. Okay, I heard the brother say that one. In everything, right? That scares me a little bit because my wife has to submit to my dereliction. So I want to work on that quickly. But nonetheless, the calling of submission. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her what? Happy, right? Wrong. Marriage is not to make you happy. Marriage is to make you holy. If you are unhappy in your marriage, it's because you are not close to God. God is your joy, and that's the reason why you're unhappy. Because you want your husband or your wife to be your joy. And let me tell you something. Your husband is a sinner, just like you. Your wife is a sinner, just like you. And if you go to another church that tells you they can fix your marriage and everything's going to be perfect, and they they pump you all up, you're going to clean you up, and give you all the psychological stuff they do, it, it, it's, it's, what is it? Rubbish. Your joy comes from God. You've got to be a good husband or wife, whether your husband or wife is a, being a good husband or wife. You've got to be a good husband because of God. God is always awesome. He didn't stop being awesome when the church stops being awesome. Can you imagine? I guess the church is tanking. I guess I'll start tanking. I guess the church is apostate and gone into Catholicism, baptizing children. I guess I'll become apostate. No. I guess I will respond in relation to the church. No, 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 no. I'm going to stay who I am and wait for the church to come back and want to be with me. Want to be with me as their husband. The Bible begins with a marriage and ends with a marriage. It says this here in closing. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself, a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish. But holy and blameless. In this way, the hu- in this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever, no one hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of this of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. He's saying you need to leave your family, and your wife or your husband is more important. This is the reason why in laws cannot be in effect tampering with your marriage. This is what the scriptures teach. As a wife, your allegiance is to your husband. As a husband, your allegiance is to your wife. Not to mom and uncles and everybody else that you love. You got to leave those things, as the scripture says here. And then he says, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself. And his wife must respect her husband. It's very powerful right here. 
Jesus doesn't, you know, Jesus is the head of the church. Anything with two heads is a monster. I'm just letting the spirit flow today. Can you imagine? You see something with two heads, you're like, whoa, what is that? What, who's the head? That's what a marriage looks like with two heads. It's a monster. It's a monster. It's just like, whoa, who's the leader? Being the leader doesn't make you better. Being the follower doesn't make you more spiritual. You've got an unhealthy view of your father, God. Right? These are God-ordained roles. Neither of us are any better. Men are less smart than women. I know that's kind of cool to say. It sounds like we're being strong. Women aren't more smart. Women aren't less smart. It, it, neither. They're just God-ordained roles. Who's better, the goalie or the, or the striker? You need them both. You're fired up. The goalie saved the day, but you're fired up. The striker put the ball in the box, right? Yes. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. God, our Father, loves his family. I want to challenge fathers to love your family as Christ loved the church. Use the Holy Bible to cleanse your wife, to cleanse your children. This should be evidence even in our church. Children should not be running around the fellowship. If you're like God the Father, God the Father calls us to be in obedience. If we love him, we'll be in obedience to him. And I teach my children, hey, hey, part of you showing you love me is being obedient. Now, children have to be children. There's a time and a place to play. But it's not necessarily a church when there's a lot going on. We've got to be a disciplined church. As your father of faith here in the church, we've got to take care of this building. We've got to clean up the house of God. Right? This is the house of God. We can't leave drinks and these types of things back and just, just forget about the house. A house like that, that it's, it's not a very organized house. It's not one you want to stay at forever. Are you with me here? Husbands, you've got to love your wives. Love your children. Use the word of God to teach, rebuke, correct with great patience and careful instruction. Wives, I want to encourage you to be patient with your husbands. Let them to become the men they need. Let them make mistakes. God lets you make mistakes. Let them make some mistakes and become the men they, they, they need to become. I'm so grateful I have Michelle. I made, I don't know, I made enough mistakes for the entire movement of God. Don't worry. <laughs> We first got married, I used to do drill sergeant quiet times with Michelle, 5.30 in the morning. I got up 5 o'clock and have my prayer. 5.30, I have my quiet time. 5, 7 o'clock, ready to share. What do you got to share, honey? She's coming. She's like, I want to leave you. <laughs> don't leave me. 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 I love you. I love you. Hold on. You want some flowers? What do you, hold on. Wait a What's going on? She had to be patient. And then I had to get some blowtorch discipling on my heart. You are prideful. Just was singeing the pride off my heart. And then I come back. Sorry. It was awesome. First three or four years, I got all the disciples. And then Michelle was like, yeah. And as soon as she said that, for the next three or four years, she got all the disciples. And they got in there and they go, and there was a couple of sisters. You know how sisters get when sisters, you know, brothers can be sympathetic, but sisters and sisters can be hard, even more hard line. And they got in there with Michelle. And we are who we are today. Amen. We're building our lives. We're building our marriage. Amen. Some of us in our, in our church are, that are married, you, you're building a marriage. It's not plug and play. It's not an application you download. <laughs> I want to download a sold out marriage right here. <laughs> hey, you got any sold out marriages on Google? I just want to download a marriage. It looks just like that marriage right over there. You need years. You need discipling. You need patience. You need to, don't just just hang out. Let God build it up. God loves His family. He doesn't give up on His family. God bless you. I love you. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H 
www.ghostbusters.org.uk and for all other updates and information whether it's services events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one